Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. everyone, I'm Cheryl Butler, and you're listening to the Mighty Mommy's Quick and Dirty Tips podcast, which will help make your life as a parent a little bit easier and a lot more fun. Welcome. Today's episode is number 508, Five Answers to Questions in Your Last Trimester of Pregnancy. Because now that you're getting closer to the big day, you'll be inundated with thoughts on how you'll meet your baby. Pregnancy is such a special and miraculous time in a woman's life. As exciting as it can be when you're pregnant, especially for the first time, due to the rapid changes in your growing body, you probably have dozens of questions weighing on your mind. In my recent episode, Five Important Questions Related to Early Pregnancy, we discussed five questions pertaining to your first trimester. Questions that might have been a little uncomfortable to dive in and ask your practitioner. Although I'm a seven-time veteran to the delivery room, my oldest daughter is expecting her first baby shortly and has been overwhelmed with questions about all the changes taking place in her body, including her emotional state. With her delivery just weeks away, today we tackle five pressing questions related to the last trimester of pregnancy. In episode 507, the following questions were addressed. What early pregnancy symptoms are a concern? Prenatal vitamins, what if I forget to take them? Pregnancy emotions, pre- and postpartum blues, are they for real? Pregnancy and digestion, and gas, what the heck? And what's up with these constant leg cramps at night? Now, we'll delve into the last trimester and discuss five more common pregnancy questions. One, why am I swelling and not just in my belly? Two, I'm embarrassed to have sex while pregnant. Why? Three, am I a failure if I contemplate an epidural? Four, how do I know when it's showtime? And five, what if I don't bond with my baby right away? Let's explore these questions more closely. 1. Why am I swelling and not just in my belly? For many pregnant women, including myself, once I discovered I was pregnant, I became enamored with my belly. Although I found out when I was just weeks along, I was certain my stomach had already started to expand. Eventually, it certainly did enlarge to the size of a super large basketball, which I absolutely loved. But that didn't happen right away. 
Other parts of my body, however, did grow and swell right along with my stomach, which is a part of pregnancy I hadn't expected. It's completely normal to have a moderate amount of swelling in your ankles and feet during your pregnancy, as well as some mild swelling in your hands, legs, and face. This is known as edema, a result of a pregnant woman's body producing 50% more blood and fluids to support the developing baby. There are contributing factors to pregnancy edema, such as spending long periods of time standing, being out in the heat. Six of my babies were born in the heat of the summer, so I can attest to the extra water retention firsthand. Too much caffeine, which is discouraged during pregnancy, and a high intake of sodium. Drinking lots of water during your pregnancy, especially during the last trimester, can truly help reduce swelling. I also relieved my swollen ankles and feet by swimming or soaking them in a cool foot bath. Ah. My doctor also recommended I eat potassium enriched foods. Bananas, sweet potatoes, spinach, and beets were high on my list, as these foods tend to help reduce swelling. While swelling and water retention is usually a normal symptom of pregnancy, There are also times when it can indicate a more serious condition known as preeclampsia. This used to be known as toxemia, and it can only be developed during a pregnancy, as it's a result of the placenta not functioning properly. Signs of preeclampsia are high blood pressure, protein in the urine, and swelling in the feet, hands, and legs. Your healthcare provider will be monitoring your blood pressure and your urine at your monthly visits. But if at any time you feel something is not quite right and you're concerned, call your doctor or your midwife immediately or go to the emergency room to be evaluated. Yours and your baby's health are top priority, so don't ever feel like you're overreacting by investigating your concerns. Two, I'm embarrassed to have sex while pregnant. Why? After years of infertility, which included three miscarriages and pregnancies that always started off with spotting, which is that bleeding at the beginning of pregnancy, which is usually caused from the embryo implanting and it's lighter than a normal period, there was no way in the world I would even contemplate having sex with my husband while pregnant, never mind actually doing it. Not a chance. Not only that, all those years ago, I was so much more private about such topics like sex and orgasms. I couldn't even say the word vagina without turning 20 shades of red. So absolutely never in a million years was I going to ask my doctor if having sex while pregnant was even remotely okay. I'd go without, and so would my poor husband. Luckily, that all changed, and today I have absolutely no qualms at all about discussing this important and necessary topic. Just because you're pregnant, unless you're experiencing a high-risk pregnancy and your doctor has recommended no sexual intercourse, does not mean you can't enjoy your sex life when you're in the mood. Many men fear that they're going to hurt the baby when they make love to their pregnant wife, but that's just not the case. Your partner's penis is not going to penetrate the baby. And your baby is not going to know that mom and dad are doing the wild thing. The amniotic sac and the strong muscles of the uterus protect the baby. And the thick mucus plug that seals the cervix 
helps as well. Medical advice given on marchofdimes.org states, if your pregnancy is healthy, you can have sex. You and your partner can use positions that are safe and comfortable throughout pregnancy. As stated in Sex During Pregnancy, if after sexual intercourse something doesn't seem right, such as if you have pain during sex or you have heavy bleeding, leaking of amniotic fluid, or painful cramps that don't go away after sex, call your healthcare provider or go to the emergency room. Keep in mind that it's normal to have some cramps or spotting after sex when you're pregnant and that having an orgasm can cause cramps. First-time pregnant couples are new to all the amazing changes taking place in mom's growing body, so it's perfectly natural to worry about how sex will affect her and the baby. If you're experiencing a healthy pregnancy, however, and your doctor has not indicated you cannot have sexual relations, be prepared to share this incredibly intimate time with your mate. This will ebb and flow as your pregnancy progresses and your body continues to grow. But when the mood strikes, go for it. Next, am I a failure if I contemplate an epidural? My eight-month pregnant daughter said that this question is something her new group of pregnant friends discuss often. She says, I didn't think this topic would be as shameful as it is, but in talking to my pregnant friends, we're feeling less for contemplating or needing an epidural to help manage our pain during labor and delivery and not having a natural birth instead. I personally delivered one child with a failed epidural, so I know what natural childbirth feels like. I was fortunate enough to experience my next six labors with successful epidurals And I have never regretted for a moment that I needed pain management, especially when I vaginally delivered nine and 10 pound babies. I loved the response one of my daughter's coworkers shared with her about choosing an epidural. There is no such thing as a natural root canal. So why should laboring moms be shamed into feeling less adequate because they want to have anesthesia? As explained in American Pregnancy Association's article on epidural anesthesia, epidurals basically block the nerve impulses from the lower spinal segments. This results in decreased sensation in the lower half of the body. There are certainly medical pros and cons about whether or not an epidural is right for you. But today, we're covering the emotional aspect of choosing to have one. Every woman's pregnancy is different, and so is every woman's labor and delivery experience. Each of my labors were over 20 hours long, In my podcast, Four Reality Checks for New Moms, I candidly discuss the pain women endure after delivery. Because we get so focused on the pregnancy and delivery, it's super easy to forget what comes next, healing our bodies and getting to know our precious newborn. An epidural is a personal choice. But after delivering seven babies, I can tell you that there is no shame in how that baby makes his or her appearance. Whether it's an unmedicated birth, a planned or unexpected C-section, or a delivery made so much more comfortable with an epidural, enjoy the surreal time in your life. When your baby finally arrives, you're going to be on cloud nine. Okay, now we get to talk about the big day, preparing for delivery. How do I know when it's showtime? Speaking of when your baby arrives, another question on countless women's minds 
in their last trimester is how they'll be able to determine if they're actually in labor or not. If you schedule a visit to your hospital's maternity center or enroll in childbirth classes, many of your questions about pre-labor and actual labor will be discussed and answered. You may have already been experiencing Braxton Hicks contractions, a tightening in your abdomen that comes and goes. They're contractions of your uterus in preparation for giving birth, and they're very common in the last trimester. Typically, they're not painful, but they feel like a tight squeeze in your uterus. Once you start visiting your doctor or midwife during the last month of pregnancy, you'll probably see him or her once a week until the delivery. At these visits, your cervix will be checked so you'll know if and when you've started to dilate. My pregnancy Bible during each of my pregnancies was what to expect when you're expecting. Even what I thought that were my silliest of questions were usually answered in this fantastic book. In What to Expect's 10 Signs of Labor, you'll find an excellent article that explains everything you might be feeling or are anticipating so that you'll feel more prepared when the big moment does arrive. My first baby arrived two weeks early. I was in the middle of a total nesting frenzy, and I was scrubbing everything that didn't move in our home. The following day, I began having regular contractions. They started off at 30 minutes apart, and within a few hours, they were consistent at 15-minute intervals. 28 hours later, my son arrived, and our home was sparkling clean. My advice to my daughter, don't be afraid to call your doctor if you think you're in labor. The worst thing that can happen is you go to the hospital or the office to be checked and you get sent home if it's not time. Happened to me twice. It's all part of your delivery journey, one that you can share with your child someday. And number five, what if I don't bond with my baby right away? I think the question of how quickly you bond with your newborn is at the top of the charts right along with the shame some women feel if they choose an epidural. We've all seen those heartfelt birth scenes in movies or soap operas where moments after a dramatic birth, mother and baby experience a quintessential bonding moment. Harps play softly in the background and the moon and the stars align. It's a moment to behold. Enter real life. After an endless, difficult labor where you haven't had a thing to eat except a couple of ice chips, your bundle of joy finally arrives. You pray for that love at first sight moment, but you're too exhausted for your own fairy tale experience because all you can think about is getting some rest. To make matters worse, you look at your new baby and she's nothing like you pictured she'd be. Instead of glowing pink and perfectly round, she's wrinkled purple and has a cone-shaped head. I experienced bonding with my newborns in different capacities. My first baby was adopted at birth, so when I held her for the first time, she was nearly 10 hours old, and I had been enjoying champagne in first class traveling to meet her. My body was super relaxed, and she was the most gorgeous little human being I had ever laid eyes on. One year later, I delivered our first son after 28 grueling hours of labor, and when I first held him, I fell asleep. In my humble opinion, Bonding immediately with your newborn is highly overrated. Every parent will feel differently when they meet their baby for the first time. And if it isn't a movie moment, no big deal, really. In postpartum bonding, the article reveals a study that found that 
it takes an average of two to nine weeks for moms to have positive feelings toward their newborns. What's more, experts believe that a really strong attachment to a child doesn't completely take hold until somewhere in the second half of the baby's first year. Personally, once I was home from the hospital with each of my new babies, I had time to cuddle with them when I was nursing and got to fall in love with them without the interference of hospital staff. My hope is that my daughter won't feel the pressure to connect with her baby minutes after she gives birth, but to instead enjoy those precious moments when she's going to get to know him at home. What's on your pregnancy mind? Share your thoughts in the comments section at quickanddirtytips.com slash mighty-mommy, or you can post your ideas on the Mighty Mommy Facebook page. If you have friends and family that would enjoy listening to the Mighty Mommy podcast, I'd love it if you'd share the link and refer them to the website, which is www.quickanddirtytips.com slash mighty-mommy. Here, you're going to find hundreds of archived episodes covering a wide variety of parenting and family-related topics. Wishing you an amazing pregnancy and delivery and the most joyful and loving time spent with your new baby. As always, thanks for listening. And until next time, happy parenting. At Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain or that you won't get a sunburn or that your family won't endearingly call you lobster mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western with over 4,200 hotels worldwide. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea. Totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com.